and welcome to the Courageous Mama podcast. I'm your host, Madeline Stanameros. One of the wonderful perks of hosting a podcast is meeting interesting people, the new friends that I make along the way. My new friend this week is Joy Blundell. She was introduced to me by our mutual friend and fairly new dad, Mike Darbandi. And today, Joy is bringing us some personality insights. She's a mum who understands and employs the Myers-Briggs tool, not to box herself or her husband or her children, but in her own words, she can love them really well when she understands their system of thinking. When she understands why certain things that bring her peace as a parent can make her child feel anxious, and how by knowing that, she can make them feel calm and reassured. Within the Myers-Briggs profile, there are four categories. In podcast 19, we looked at the spectrum of extrovert versus introvert. And you might sit anywhere along that line of I or E. And depending where you sit, different things will energise you and different things will drain you. Which is all very well if you live alone, but living harmoniously with others means understanding the different impacts of the same things on different people around you. So this week, we're looking at another category. This one's called P and J, perceiver and judger. But don't be put off by the titles. P's are in the moment people, whereas J's are good at looking ahead. They're planners. P's love to gather information, but J's love to make a decision. And we all sit somewhere along that spectrum and are often living with the complete opposite. And it can be a light bulb moment when you understand how other people are wired. You start to see what it does to that person's inner peace when we operate from our modus operandi and what it can do for our relationships if we appreciate other people's thinking structures, the modus operandi that they use. Easy when you know how. So I'm getting my know-how from Joy today. Joy is a pastor and she has a number of charities that she works for. Her latest project is a food waste supermarket. So making that good food that comes from the farmers that they can't shift or sell available to people in need. And along with that, they do debt advice for people in deprived communities. They offer mentors and befrienders to people who need them for young people who are kicking about on the streets and help their self-esteem. And Joy's a mother of two. She's got Finley, age 12, and Poppy, age 9. So I started by asking her, how's it all going as you head towards the teen years? So far, so good. Finley's like a lovely, mature young man, and we've not had much huffing and puffing yet. So I don't don't know if it would be the opposite way around if it was my daughter first, um, just temperament, (laughs) personality. But he's quite quite steady as a person. Uh, I think the teenagers yeah. are wonderful. I love them. Oh, that's great to know. Yeah, because yeah, I watched them at Donald's advert. I don't know if you've seen it for Christmas, and it, it just made me bawl my eyes out. It's kind of a mum taking her teenage son out, and he doesn't want to engage in any kind of stuff that he used to engage with as a, a small boy at Christmas time. And she's trying to get him to to see the sadness is really well done and I watched it with Finley and I cried and he just went why are you crying that's ridiculous <laughs> so it's nice to know that it kind of gets better because I've got this whole grief of 
oh, he's not a little boy anymore. But there is definitely grief involved, isn't there, as you enter the teen years. And I don't mean about the teen years. I just mean goodbye to the little years, some of the innocence. I mean, it has to go, doesn't it, if they're to mature and grow. And some of those, like, wise words from people when you're in, like, knee-deep in nappies, you know, they say, just enjoy (laughs) it while it lasts and you just want to go ah this is really hard work and then kind of think oh yeah I wish I could have soaked it up a bit more but I don't think I would have known how. (laughs) I love that expression the days are long but the years short. So what we're going to talk about today is a bit of personality profile stuff. We're going to home in on some Myers-Briggs and I've asked you specifically to go for two of the 12 boxes so some of the listeners will remember that Myers-Briggs has its different categories so let's launch in to P&J tell me what are the characteristics okay well first of all P&J are the last two letters in whatever combination you've got so you, you will either have a P or a J and they are really about how you um organize your world so um whether you organize your world and prefer to make be decisive and make decisions and get closure on things or whether you uh, prefer to perceive information and take in all the information just keep on taking inf- information as a preference rather than coming to a precise conclusion and so a p stands for perceiving and it's not about perception the kind of language sometimes makes it a little bit confusing it's about whether you as a preference would prefer to take information in and learn about the world over whether you would decide and make decisions about the world and j would stand for judging and would be your preference to make a decision or have closure so the j is a judgment it's not about negative judgment over someone else It's about you making a judgment about the world and for your decisions, for your life and what you see in the world and how you decide about that. You can see Jays often, although everything's a stereotype, isn't it? And it's putting something um, in a kind of neat box and not, not everyone fits the rules. And so there's like flexibility and we're all humans and unique. But a J would tend to be quite an organized externally organized person and so they might have really neat filing systems they might have organized bedrooms and kitchens and organize themselves I mean I'm not a J and so it's much easier for me to think about the opposite P's can seem quite chaotic to the outside world so my daughter's a J and J's make lists a lot And one of the reasons they do it is because they use their outside world to organize their inside world. So they look for outside external organization in order to experience internal freedom. And so you might notice with someone who would be a day would have all the, you know, their files would be really neat and tidy and they might have lists for shopping lists or the things that they want to do the day because it just makes it easier to get it out and to organize it in the external world Um, but a p wouldn't you know in contrast we wouldn't really need that kind of external order because they're internally ordered you might look at their desk and think that is chaos but a p would know where every single thing is because they just they do 
they've got it in their head so they don't need it externally so that would be it in a nutshell it's very simplified but it, it is yeah, and as you say you know you typify don't you and actually I would own up to being a J which I used to struggle with because the whole notion of having judging associated with your name is not very pleasing but when you realize it, it's about making judgments about your the choices you have to make in life it's not making judgments yeah. about others is it but funny enough I would probably go in the face of some of those things in terms of I'm actually quite messy yet I'm a J but I tell you what I really identify with I'm boxed so I like boxes in my loft I like boxes in my cupboards (laughs) I write lists we have menus for the week if one of the kids really wants to talk about something specific maybe they want help with an essay I'll diarize it that enables me to leave things all over the table and you know (laughs) piles in the hallway and so on so I certainly identify with a large portion of that right and so if you're a J you might have kind of statements like I like to have things decided I want closure so my husband is a J and he always wants to know, so I love processing all the options. What are the, what are the things that we could do? And when we first got married, he'd get very confused because I might bring up a um, idea of, uh, well, uh, we could go out for dinner tonight. Um, oh, I fancy pizza. Mm, do I fancy pizza? I'm not sure. So I'm just saying it all out loud. And really what I'm doing is extroverting my ideas. So I'm thinking about all the things, but I'm not coming to any decision at all because I don't like being pinned down to a decision. I'd rather wait until we literally leave the house and then go, do you know what? I do fancy pizza tonight. But he really wants to have things decided and he wants to know what is it we're going to do. And so we had to come to the conclusion that we will make a plan to go for dinner, but let's just leave it wide open in terms of where we eat because I just like to wait and see how I feel. Jay's really like to be task orientated so like you're talking about the lists and programming in uh, when you're going to help one of your uh, children with homework or what are you planning to do the other thing about jays is they really like to separate work and play so they would do you know this is my time to do my work and then after that i'm going to reward myself with something really lovely and i just don't relate to that at all i work pretty much all day in short bursts and then I've just been for a walk with a friend and it is during work time but there's no doubt about it I'll spend a little bit of burst of energy this evening doing some work when I hadn't even planned to but it's just because I feel like it and I just want to get the job done and that can really stress out Jay. I totally get that I mean for me the point at which I switch out from work and I turn my face towards my family, the notion of someone putting something in front of me that will require me to open up that part of my brain again feels like infiltration. Yeah, yeah. Whereas peas do kind of work, play, work, play, and, and they like to make their work fun. So if their work is boring, even if it's compartmentalized, you know, and they only have to do it for a few hours, I think it would drain a lot of peas because they feel they can't cope with that part of their life. And so, they want work and play mixed in. And some of the J's that I work with find me quite stressful. In their opinion, I don't have that many boundaries. And so I can just do all sorts of things at different times. And they want like a closure on something. And so kind of have to learn how to help each other in that. That makes such sense. And actually we've just celebrated 30 years and I am still learning about him and he's still learning about me. And <laughs> a penny has just dropped for me because- wow. 
he will merge his work day with other stuff and he's happy for his work day to go well over his work day. So that really makes sense actually. People who are listening to this, hopefully they're listening and working themselves out because there's a very, very high chance you've married the opposite or your partner is the opposite. And it's really worth knowing, isn't it, that they're not right ways to do things or wrong ways to do things. They're just different and it's working out. That's a brilliant compromise that you've come to with your husband. We will plan to go to dinner, but you won't actually decide which restaurant you're going to. Yeah. Which carries it down, you see, on the side of the J, I'd want to say, there are certain restaurants you can't just go to without booking. What do you do about that? I mean, I can be narrowed down. <laughs> if it meant missing out on a really nice restaurant and having fun and all of that, then I could cope with that kind of plan so p's are just wired for freedom and j's want organization and structure and control my answer to that would be i get more freedom if i know where my structured moments are going to be then i feel sure. free because i think that's yeah. great i don't have to worry about doing that this evening because i know it'll get done in its time slot between 2 and 2:45 so yeah. I think structure equals freedom, whereas it's yeah. quite interesting from the point of view of a P, structure looks like control. Yeah, and so that's exactly the summary of the J and the P. <laughs> so a J would organize externally. So you'd um, often, not always, but often have neat and tidy organizational structures, lists, clothes away, pots in the cupboard, you know, everything in the right place, so that, it frees their mind to be able to think and have freedom on their inside, in their mind. But a P doesn't really need that like level of organization. And so it can leave things all over the place and just kind of remember where they've put it so that they can have freedom on the outside. They don't want to be pinned down by having to do something no. that constrains them. But what's really interesting is a P would really thrive on a deadline. So kind of get more energy towards the end of the deadline because they know that they've just got to achieve it. I would find it really hard to work on something that I know has got to be in in six weeks time. I just wouldn't do any of the work until like two days before it's needed. Yeah. And then I'd get a burst of energy to kind of get that done. I'm just interrupting this podcast for a moment to say if you're enjoying The Courageous Mama, I think you'll love the book Parenting for Life. This is what readers have to say. This book is absolute gold dust. I bought this book to give away, but I'm keeping it. This book has so many helpful suggestions for the modern family, and it's helpful for our marriage too. This book is a must in every home. If I was able to buy just one book on parenting, this would be the book. Parenting for Life is available to listeners at a special rate on the Courageous Mama website, thecourageousmama.com. There's a link in the show notes. And now back to my conversation with Joy. It's interesting, isn't it? And then P's are quite in the moment people, aren't they? Whereas J's are more forward thinking. So I can yeah. remember years, you know, I might say to my husband at some point during kind of December or January, what do you think we should do next summer? And he'll look at me like, ask me in the summer. <laughs> Would you say that's true of a P? Yes, absolutely. So we've got an interesting situation with our kind of best friends, another couple with their two children who we will often holiday with in the summer. And they are highly J. So I'm the only P out of the lot of us. 
but I'm also very idealistic and so it can often feel a bit grumpy if it's not quite how I imagined it would be. Whereas the other three grown-ups in the party are quite happy to, once we're in the moment, to kind of just enjoy whatever comes. And so what we've learned to do is I love exploring all the ideas and our, we've got a joint kind of folder on our notes that we'll send, like we love camping, so we'll send all the different options for campsite. And um, my friend Marie Claire learned really early on, she wanted to pin down, okay, well, that looks really good. So why are you carrying on looking at lots of other campsites? Yes. And I'm like, but, but what if there's a better one that we've not yet found? And we pin ourselves down to this and it makes me feel claustrophobic. And so she's learned that I'll do loads of research and I'll be sending a load and I kind of asking for a feedback on them. And as long as she knows once we've spent a good amount of time ruling out all the other options, she can get ahead and just book it because that'll make her feel better that we've got a plan and it's sorted. And then we'll have a lot of options of things that we could do. And so definitely we want one day we want to go for fish and chips on the beach. One day we want to go to the zoo. But it doesn't matter which day it is, because what if it's raining on that day that we said we'll go for fish and chips on the beach? And I'll be really disappointed that I imagined it to be really sunny on that day. So we won't set the days that we're going to do things, but we'll just have a lot of options and they can fit into. So it kind of fills their tank. They're quite happy with that level of planning. And I can cope with keeping the options open because that's what P does. They want the options wide open. And I think yeah. you, for me, have just nailed the main differences that I've noticed between a J and a P. So the P yeah. is always looking for that extra bit of information. So for example, we're looking for a car at the moment. Now, if this had been 20 years ago, I would be going bonkers by now. I know this is gonna be a long journey. He's going to enjoy it. And then just as we think we've dialed down on two cars that are probably the most likely ones, he'll say, oh, let's just have another look again at that one. And I'll be like, we ruled that one out. Whereas now I'm like, yep, let's go and have a look at that. So a J can make a decision and live with the fact that tomorrow you might find a cheaper one or tomorrow you might find the white one. And we just live like that, but it's done and it's dusted and there's a tick on the list and on we go. Yeah. So if you're listening to that listener and that's you, you're a J. Whereas the P continues to get information. And so my daughter's a P and we struggle to shop together. That's not true. I struggle to shop with her. <laughs> so we have to have some boundaries around it. And I say, well, look, I can shop for this amount of time. And then if you haven't made a decision, I'm going to go and have a coffee. <laughs> because I know this could go on for weeks. Whereas I'm like, I want to come home with a bag and it's done. Yeah, right. So J's can often see P's. It's a bit wishy-washy and finding it hard to make a decision, but that's not what's going on, is it? They are really, really defining what the best option is. Yeah, so either thinking through lots of different ideas or enjoying the experience of it, the kind of sensory experience of life and not wanting to kind of move on into the, like you said, into the future. I think one of the dangers being self-reflective of a P is that they would often miss a moment and not make a decision if they because they'd left it so long that almost the decision's been made and not making a decision and um and perhaps like the the P would say to the J the difficulty with the, with the J is you're too structured and so you would probably miss out on the best because you've you've not looked long enough 
And I'm glad you've mentioned that because I think there are great benefits to being a P. They're researchers, they're patient, they can put up with the open-endedness. There are great benefits to being a J. They can make a quick decision, they can garner a lot of information in their heads at one time and go, this is good enough. But there are also some pitfalls, aren't there? And it's as well to know your weaknesses, isn't it? As well as your strengths. Yeah. Yeah. So I work with a highly, highly J colleague. And um, I remember him introducing the idea of five-year plans for the charity. Let's hope he didn't do one in 2015. <laughs> <laughs> he did, actually. We had the 2020 vision, which has gone out the window. Surprised him. <laughs> yeah. But I remember thinking, how can you make a plan? You don't know what's going to happen. Like, how can we decide that we're going to spend this money on this or set this goal? Because we need to adapt. And, and I guess the, the gift of the P is to bring agility to something because we can just in the moment be spontaneous and say, that was the plan, but we shelve it now. We need to do something different and innovate. But tell me, what do you think a P should learn and mature in? And I will ask you the same about a J, so that's not personal. That's, um, that's a really good question. I think that I, I find myself is that I know where I've left things around the house because I categorize it in my head and, I, and it's organized internally. But the thing that I find very frustrating and as a mum and can often get quite snappy with my kids is if, if they leave things around the house, but they can't remember where they've put it. And I don't know because I've not put it there and it's not categorized in my head. I feel out of control and I feel very stressed. And um, often we'll have an outburst and say, you know, guys, you need to learn to put things away. And because it's not my natural preference, I'm not teaching them how to do that. And so it's quite, it's quite unfair, really. Probably looks hypocritical to them, doesn't it? Yeah. Totally. You've, as you say, you've categorized them, whereas they genuinely can't put their hands on them in the moment. Yeah. And I was listening to your um, episode about extrovert and introvert, and I thought I really resonated with me in the, I think we, whatever our preference is, whether it's uh, in the extrovert or introvert, or whether it's in the perceiving and judging, we probably sort our lives out around and kind of teach our children the thing that's most natural for us. Yeah. And so I think I grew up in a J house. And so I've learned, for example, that being not on time is really inappropriate and rude. My mum drummed it into me, but naturally I'd be quite all over the place with timing. And you think not being great with timing is to do with being a P? Oh, totally. Yeah. So a P would just want to be in the moment much more. And like you said, instead of kind of future planning, often their like spontaneity means that they miss but for me it's been drummed into me not to be late because that's rude and so often when I first did the typology I thought I was a J because I'm quite tidy and because I like to be on time but it's more because that's how I've been formed by my mum who is a J and so I think when I'm thinking about the, my kids leaving stuff all around the house um, they're seeing that I do that and that's like don't necessarily have boxes with labels on in our house because that's not the way I've organized things and so why would they know what the home is for something because I've never shown them and so that's when I realized I should if I could mature as a P it would be to learn some things that J's do like we've got a shelf for, rather than just having you know about 10 different drawers with all of the stuff in you know like <laughs> sunglasses and keys and you know all of that 
So same question about a J, what could a J learn in order to mature? Yeah, so it's harder to know because I've done quite a lot of self-reflection as, um, as a P and can see where my tendencies like lead me. Um, but I wonder if a J could maybe enjoy the moment more. I think as I receive Js sometimes, I feel that they're a little bit rigid and almost a bit principled. But I think everyone expresses their P and their J differently. And that's the beauty of as being all unique individuals. The reason I love the Myers-Briggs personality type is because no one can tell you what you are. It is, and I think the beauty of Myers-Briggs is that we've taken P and J today, and we knew, didn't we, when we were coming into it, that they don't stand alone. They sit in a sea of context around extrovert and introvert, feeling and thinking. And so the, there aren't that few character types in the world but what I think is really helpful and the reason I love bringing it to the podcast is once you've realized what you incline towards strongly you can begin to see what it's like living with you <laughs> and yep. so the helpful thing is if you can just take a bit of that information like knowing that you're a J knowing that you like to make decisions you like to close off once you've recognized that in yourself you can go okay so what I need to do is just be a little bit flexible around that and maybe make compromises like you have with your husband. Like, okay, so we'll go out at seven o'clock, but quite where we go, you know, I can compromise on. And then on the other hand, I would say to a P, because I've got two in my family, can you commit to something here? Can you? <laughs> or I'll back off a decision and know that I won't cope with the whole journey. So you go and explore. So for example, the other day we were having this conversation about cars and he said, well, will you come out and test drive some with me? And I said, do I have to? And he looked at me like, that's very disinterested. And anyway, we came back to the conversation a couple of days ago and he said, I wonder if it'd be best if I went and explored some of these cars and narrowed it down a bit first. And I said, well, I was hoping that you'd say that. It's not that I'm not interested. I'm just not as interested in the entire process. So I think peas can learn to perhaps allow a jay a little bit of latitude and say well like i'll bring you in at the end or the beginning and jays need to allow p to have their journey and yeah. accept that actually that that's part of the beauty of them yeah absolutely yeah but i think it would be interesting just to spend a few minutes thinking okay somebody's listening to this podcast and they're going right i'm a p people think i'm indecisive but i'm not I'm an information gatherer or I'm a J. People think that I snap too quickly on my judgments, but actually I need to close off. I need to tick on my list. So that's great that people can work themselves out, but it's quite helpful, isn't it, to think about, well, how does this impact our children and yeah. how can we work with them and how can we mature them? So what have you got among your kids? Yeah, so I think my daughter's a J. Even in her bedroom, she's got a chalkboard with um, lists for her Christmas items, her spellings that she's practicing that week, and a countdown to Christmas that she's made herself with little boxes, which just to me demonstrates the fact that she loves thinking and organizing in that way. She loves to know where she's at on the ca in the calendar, and she loves to know what, she, what is she aiming at for her spellings. She's not particularly studious, but she really wants to categorize her spellings and know what she's doing that week and I found I realized that she me being her mum sometimes causes her a little bit of anxiety if 
I can't say to her what we're doing today. And so um, she'll often come into our bedroom early in the morning and say, what are we doing today? And for me to say, oh, well, it's school. Like, you know, and then like, let's see how we feel after school. She wants to plan, gives her a sense of security when she knows what's coming up. And so I've learned that for me to love her really well is for me to get out of my pee and just to say, do you know what, Poppy, when I finish work this afternoon, she wants me to play schools with her, with her teddy bears. And she's got a thing called the, the worry monster in her class at school, which is a way of the children exploring their anxieties. And she's, she's recreated it for her teddies in her bedroom. And she asked me this morning, will you be the person who solves the worries? And some of that makes me feel a bit claustrophobic because I think, oh, well, what about we could do something else? But I just know me loving her really well is, is doing what she's asked. Mm. Finley, on the other hand, is really pee. And his bedroom is a total disaster zone. <laughs> and I think, you know, it's a bit of a balance between helping them know that they can't just live like that all the time and there needs to be some level of organization but also not overly controlling him to need to have everything in its place the christmas list has been quite an interesting thing this year because poppy has formulated a christmas list way in advance but finley didn't really want to think about christmas even though it was about presents and when i kind of dug down into so why won't you put this on you've said you know you'd like this or this for christmas why won't you put it on your list and the list is a shared list with all our family on an app. And he doesn't want to pin himself down to a particular gift and then him publish it on the list and then someone buy it and then him change his mind. That yeah. That's not really what he wanted because that was just an idea. And so it's just uh, for Finley, I think, just respecting his love of spontaneity, but also my family's need to want to be organised and buy them gifts. Yeah. And so it's helping him find that balance I, that really resonates for me. And then the other thing that we do it, often at weekends is we want to make sure that we don't miss the moment and we do have family time and potentially not planning something might end up then everyone going in their separate directions and we miss the moment of family time. And so our agreement is we say this Saturday afternoon, we're going to commit to like four hours of doing something together, but don't worry, we're not going to work out what we do until that morning. And so Paul and Poppy can know we've got family time, which is really important to them. And they feel secure that we'll get to all spend some time together. And Finley and I can say, oh, phew, we, we know we're doing that, but we might go for a walk or we might go to the coast or we might play some board games and sit around the fire. And we can all choose what's best for us that Saturday morning rather than being pinned down to that. And so I think it's just knowing your children and knowing often, like I love the example you gave of your son being um, introverted and not particularly enjoying Sundays because it's just full of people. And I think we found that with Poppy feeling anxious around not having a plan. And once that fits into place, it just feels like, oh, I know my child and I can give them some structure that will really help them to feel safe in the world because that's what it's about really. For a really young person, they just need a bit of safety and security. I love that. I love the way you've worked out. And I think your expression was, how, how can I love my child well? And I know a lot of people sort of think about personality profiling, think, oh, don't box me, don't put me in a box. But we are all sort of slightly stereotyped in our own ways, aren't we? And I know that for my child, who's a J, 
and wants to know what's going on and what we're doing at the week and what might we be doing in the Christmas holidays and who's home and who isn't. And I think if you didn't understand that, you could easily think, oh my goodness, you know, why do you have to ask all these questions? Actually, it's a way of them having that internal peace. Yeah. And equally for my for my daughter and my husband who are peas, for me being a little bit flexible and spontaneous. And if they suddenly go, hey, let's play cards. And I'm thinking, really right now? <laughs> Trying to sort of go, great. Okay, that's going to make your day that we all just yeah. pivoted and played cards in this moment because yeah. we feel like it. So yeah. knowing them does make us able to love them better, doesn't it? That's brilliant. Yeah, absolutely. Love that. That's been so, so helpful. And let me ask you, since the podcast is called The Courageous Mama, what's a courageous thing that you've done in your life? Oh, I think, um, um, I think me bringing myself to the world and not being scared to do really meaningful work. I think I picked up, whether it was right or wrong, from my parents kind of a career perception that I need to be really successful in a career and as a professional. And I just felt like I wanted to do what for me felt like really meaningful work, even though it wasn't potentially a, you know, a real professional job. And um, it felt like quite a courageous thing to follow my instincts. And um, I started a charity in my early twenties that felt like it really reflected who I am and brought myself to the world, but also it felt really vulnerable and then quite courageous on reflection doing that because the work and the, the values of the charity really represent who I am. And so then there's a lot of exposure when you're starting something new and as a kind of a younger person, will it, will it crash? I don't even know what I'm doing. I'm making this up as I go along. What if I trained to be a psychologist, which is what I thought I probably should have done. And I now look back and think I'm so glad that I actually really brought my whole self to that and didn't compromise on what I felt like was probably this would be a respectable job versus let's just make this up and see what happens. And I felt like making it up and seeing what happens seems to have gone okay. And I feel really like fulfilled in what I do, but it was a bit of a risk and it took a bit of courage. So enjoyed my chat with Joy today. Did you find it helpful getting some insights on Myers-Briggs? I used to think my husband struggled to make decisions. Quite the contrary. And he couldn't understand why I was always in such a hurry to make them. But the insights on my children has been what's really helped me in raising them. Have you got a child who has to know what are we doing today or what are we doing this weekend? They're likely a J, aren't they? And do you ever find yourself frustrated at having to answer that question? Or maybe you're a planner and that one's easy for you. Is it interesting to know that not knowing causes them anxiety? So great Christmas presents for them would be diaries and whiteboards and notebooks for lists and a structure for the Christmas season. But equally, if you have a child that's along the P end of the spectrum, they're going to feel tied down by all that structure. So Joy's method of balancing that out was really helpful. If you enjoy finding emotional hacks to family life, if you love the idea of emotionally intelligent children, I think you'll love my book, Parenting for Life. It's full of simple insights into how our children's minds work and how to give them emotional security for this crazy world they're heading into.
You can get it for that special price on the blog, The Courageous Mama. And to contact me, well, I'm very easy to find. I'm The Courageous Mama on the blog, on Instagram and on Gmail. I'll see you there. And I'll see you next week.